0: To be honest, I've had, I think my volume is too loud, but I've had a really rough couple of days. So I was actually sitting on my couch and I was just like, you know what? I need to record because um, I didn't see a better time for me to record. And it's the week that this is 30 turns three. (laughs) So I feel like I should be in better spirits, but a lot has been going on with me. Um, but yeah, welcome to the, this is 30 podcast. Happy Monday. My name is Jarnique. Um, I'm your host and yes, on July 1st, you will be, I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't even know what I'm talking about. On July 1st is the three year anniversary campfire convos event. I'm still trying to sell tickets. I have about eight tickets left. By the time you listen to this it should be Monday and hopefully I'm down to four or zero. Um, you know, it's a little nerve wracking throwing an event and um, filling up seats or selling out or whatever you call it. So I will admit that right now I'm a bit nervous um, because I just want to make sure I sell enough tickets to sustain the event and just make it an enjoyable event. Um I think mentally I worked really hard to create this concept and I'm just hoping that it all comes together and works pretty nicely and everybody enjoys themselves. Um, I hope that everybody has fun and I really, it's my baby. Everything that I do, I always get nervous. I always get really nervous before a live This Is 30 or just whatever. This is like my third official event and it always makes me very nervous and hectic Um, and, Um, I don't know. I'm just nervous and I just want y'all to buy the rest of the tickets So please come if you are on the fence about whether or not you should come or you know Um, are you sure or is it too costly? I promise you you're gonna Get more than your money's worth and um, yeah come through Um, but anyway happy monday and shout out to all you beautiful people that are listening um on the wake up on the way you might not even be on the way to drop off the kids because summer vacation probably has officially began for you and your children. Shout out to all my teachers. I know you out of school by now. I'm out of school right now. And by the time you guys are listening to this, I'm probably in ATU. Um, yeah, visiting my friend Tiffany. Um, I really wanted to do an episode with Tiffany. Um. Tiffany's my friend from Virginia who recently moved to Atlanta earlier this year. So I'm visiting her currently as you're listening to this pod. Um, And I really wanted to do an episode with her because I think I've... I've referenced her a few times on this pod, maybe, Um, but Tiffany is an author. She's a director, producer, um, a mental health advocate. She's just a wealth of knowledge, um, and she has great viewpoints on many things. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we don't, but um, I really wanted to have – I really wanted to do a show with her, but to be honest, I did not want to travel with all of my equipment – I always talk about the pod track, my mics, my computer. Um, It's my first week out of school. And I honestly just wanted to go somewhere and not think about work. And although This is 30 is not work in that sense, it is work. It's a responsibility. And I'm just like, yo. I don't want to think about work. I don't want to think in, about anything while I'm away. I honestly just want to go and have a good time. I don't want to take my computer. I don't want to take my equipment. I just want to enjoy myself. So that's what I'm doing. And that's why, unfortunately, you guys won't hear Tiff on this episode. Um, hopefully, maybe when I go another time or if she comes up here, Um you could get an episode or we'll figure something technology wise where she could do an episode, but shout out to Tiff and shout out to Elena. Y'all just hope and pray that I don't get stuck out here. Hope and pray that I made it out here because this future talk is really tripping me out. Um <clears throat> But yeah, I need to be back up for, you know, I might say this a hundred times this episode for the three year anniversary of this is 30 podcast July 1st. You heard? Um, I wanted to record last week on Father's Day, and then, like, prior to recording, I got really emotional, um, so I didn't record, um, you know, I guess I'm gonna be a little transparent on this episode, um, because, um, I'm not, me and my dad are not in a good place right now, um, so Father's Day was a little hard for me, um, because of many things and I'm going to be I'm going to be abstractly detailed uh because um I don't want to give the specifics because there's so many people involved and you know I have a big family but me and my dad are not on speaking terms and at 33 years old you would think that you would think that um you would think that I have gotten kind of used to the roller coaster effect of a relationship I have with my dad, which has really been present my whole life since I've been young. You know, I've had this. I don't want to call it tumultuous. I think the best way to call it is a roller coaster, uh, a roller coaster relationship with my dad. It has its ups, its downs. Uh, one thing it is not, it is never consistent. Um, it is consistently inconsistent. Um, so you know it. It. But in the latter years, I will say that I thought that we were reaching a really good place. Like, and I never would have first. Seen or i never would have uh, foresaw um, this happening in the future. So I think maybe that's why it's a little bit troubling and a little sad for me because I have witnessed um, growth, you know, in my dad f- um, in the past few years. Um and I just I witnessed a lot of growth in our relationship and how I was really able to cope and converse and just deal. You know, when talking about this thing, I, I'm i a very like um, 360 view type person. You know, although I'm speaking from my perspective, I'm very aware that as I speak about, you know, my relationship with my dad, he also has his perspective and other people have their perspectives as well, Um, but I can clearly only speak on how I feel, and I'm going to try and speak on how I feel with the acknowledgement of how other people may feel, especially him, Um, but it's been hard, you know, it's, Father's Day has always been tough for me, because uh, on several occasions I'm not speaking to my dad on Father's Day um so when I was younger I used to wish my mom a happy Father's Day a lot and as I've grown older I've just I've realized that I don't really like doing that much you know I just wish my mom a happy Mother's Day but you know my mom did raise me um by herself mostly um although I I did have a very good relationship with my dad off and on. It's not like my dad just wasn't in my life and my dad didn't take care of his responsibilities. It's not like that. And I think that's what makes, um, our relationship so weird because it's like, it's like a, it's like a, just a back and forth relationship is very annoying. Um, I think that when you consistently don't have somebody or consistently have somebody, it's way better than the up and down and the, you know, the 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 hardships that I have faced with this relationship with my dad. You know, my parents broke up when I was three and um, my parents broke up when I was three and. Upon them breaking up, that began the tumultuous relationship with my dad and myself. And I think when I was younger, I didn't really know much of what was going on. And a lot of it had to be like my mom being separate or not talking to my dad. And then they would find a good place. And when they found a good place, we could find a good place. And then, you know, when my dad got married, remarried, which was a long time ago, maybe 25 years ago, um, it created some type of like stability in his life. So it created like stability with us. And then as I got older, we uh, developed our own issues. And as 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 young as I could be, I recognized there were, I started to recognize things for myself. And then it made me distance myself from my father on my accord. Because one thing, uh, my mom has never done my my whole life. You know, she has never, um, she has never talked down about my dad. She has never told me to hate my dad. She has never even told me, about the specifics of what went on between me and my, me and her dad, my child, I can't even speak me. And she, she has never told me the specifics of what went on with her and my dad until I want to say like the first time I went to Paris when she was living there, probably like three, four years ago, that's when she would break it down. But I heard a lot of stuff, from my older sister. And my older sister is eight years older than me. And there were also circumstances that I think just put put my older sister in a position where my mom had to give her a lot of information. But I feel like my mom just really wanted to protect me um, or just not make the truth a thing. Like she just wasn't she wanted me to have a relationship with my dad. And even now, sometimes when I vent or when I talk about certain things, she'll be like, don't say that. You know, you can't do that. You can't say that. And I'll be like, chill. Like I'm an adult. I could express myself how I want to, but she will tell me like, don't say that. So, um, like I was saying, when I got to a point when I was able to like decipher certain behaviors that I really wasn't in agreement, I started to, personally distanced myself from my dad. And I think that started for the first time for me, like around 12, you know, um, it started for me at 12. And I remember like, I would miss my dad so much, but, um, I'm, I'm being slow because I'm gonna get through this really quickly so that I can move on and, and not cry. But I remember like, um, you know, missing my dad and just wanting to hear from him or talk to him and not getting that. Um, and, you know, as I grew it, this kind of just kept happening on and off. You know, sometimes it, something would happen to me and I just would be like, ah, okay, I'm good on that. Um, sometimes it would, it would be a legit argument that me and my dad had with one another. And then that would cause contention and we wouldn't speak and then um, typically he would return in my life and usually my dad returns from a, a hiatus with a grand gesture that's just how he is um, so uh, whether it was a lump son of sum of money and um, uh, or a big gift, or something like that, that's just my dad's style, and I I think that's a lot of foreigner style, I don't know if, uh, like a lot of foreign parents feel like they gotta do things financially in order for you to love them, even though, On the inside, I think a lot of us that have uh, parental trauma, we're not looking for finances or anything like that. We're really looking for bonds and understanding. But, you know, that's how I experienced that. And then it just continued. Like as I got older, you know, me and my dad wouldn't talk for years. And then maybe an accomplishment or something happened where we would have to come back and speak again and yeah that that's been happening even in my 20s you know and the last time that happened I want to say I was probably hmm, if I could think I want to say I was probably like 26 or 27 because I'm 33 I've been a teacher for five years yeah it the last time something like that happened was when I was like 27, 27. And that's the last hiatus we had. So in retrospect, five years of consistent communication with my dad um, is really good. It has never happened in my life of lives. In my 33 years of age, I've never had five years of consistent communication and no big issues, no big problems with my dad, and that's the path that we were on. So at the top of this year, when something happened between us, and um, it led to you know a, a, a another hiatus in our communication, it kind of took a damper on me. And you know, at this point in my life, I'm just. It's not that you know a lot of people tell me you know Janique, parents are getting older. You don't want to regret not talking to your dad for this amount of time or that amount of time. And I hear that. I hear that. I know that tomorrow is not promised. And as we watch the news and we see a lot of things, um, you know, it's very apparent that tomorrow is not promised and that we need to be careful. You know, we need to be careful. And some things, Sometimes bygones can just be bygones. Sometimes you gotta bite the bullet and just be like, you know what? Let me be the bigger person. I just honestly think that I have been the bigger person my whole life. Like even when I wasn't the bigger person, you feel me? Even when I was a child, even when I was a kid, I feel like I've always been the bigger person. And for some reason, this time on the inside of me, I am not... I'm not in the mood to be the bigger person, but it's a weird feeling because I think usually when I'm the bigger person, I'm usually bombarded with a lot of emotions, sadness, anger, guilt, um, even fright. But this time I'm really at peace. Like I'm not bugging out. I miss my dad to death. Um, but I'm really at peace and I wish him well. And I'm always praying that at some point, you know, we will discuss and we will get back on terms. I think I just really desire real change. You know, I really desire real change in our relationship. I don't want to have a surfacey fix and then, you know, the issue is never really rectified. And I know families are not perfect. I know relationships, familiar relationships are not perfect. I'm that's not really what I'm getting at. I don't want um perfection. I just want effort. And you know, even though I'm where I'm at now in life, I think that there's like a little a little girl that is inside of me that literally just wants her dad to like fight for her, you know? And it's really hard to like verbalize it. I don't know. All the ladies that's listening or even men, you know, that are listening that have parental trauma or just issues with one of your parents is like, I'm so grown and I still desire for my dad to fight for me. You know, when, when I have issues with my mom or like I argue with my mom, my mom fights for me, you know, she, and it's, when I say fight, I don't mean like she's on her knees begging and pleading, but she's just like, this is my child. I don't care if she's mad today. This is my child. She is mine. She'll get over it or I'll try and fix it. Even if I annoy her a thousand more times doing the same thing, even if she annoys me a thousand more times doing the same thing, I will fight for her. Like, she's my kid. And I don't think I ever get that from my dad. I don't think I've ever gotten that from my dad. And it is it's, it has led to (laughs) so much toxicity in my life. Listen, (laughs) it has led to so much toxicity in my life, but yeah, overall, I really just want my dad to be like, damn, I miss my child. What is it that I can do to help my child? And, you know, there are many factors that are to be considered, one being that he's the male uh, parental figure, another being that he's an African man. Um, Then when we get into personality and things of that nature, I get it, but I also feel like there are foreign men who come to bat for their daughters. That just cannot be the excuse. You know, that cannot be the excuse every time when it comes to an African man or a West Indian man or a man from another place not being able to connect or not being able to humble themselves to correct an issue uh, that can be corrected. Um, you know, that cannot be it. That can not be it. So like, yeah, on the on the bottom of it all. I really just, you know, I, I really hope and pray that one day, um, and I know I will, like I have faith, like I have hope, you know, when you in the thick of it, it always feels like we may never speak. Um, but I know we're going to speak, you know, I don't know how soon or how short that will be. Um, that time frame will be, but I know that we will speak. And, um, I just hope that it's, is good. And I hope that, um, in that conversation, I received some of the, like, the healing or the things that I've been looking forward to, you know, I know that a lot of therapists and, you know, just self-help folk will, um, will let you know that you have to, um, activate your healing by yourself, you know, and you have to activate your healing, um, even, even when, There's a possibility that uh, you do not get the response or the outcome that it is you want. Uh, The apology, whether it be apology, closure, whatever, if you don't get that, you still got to activate your healing by yourself. And I, I do agree with that. I think we do have to take responsibility for our own healing and our own closure sometimes, even if it has to do with another person. However... I don't think I'll ever not feel like getting the expected response or something at least close to it. Doesn't hope doesn't I mean doesn't help that process? You know, um, you know there might be crazy things that have happened to you, but an apology from the offender, uh, a conversation from the offender, uh, and an an acknowledgement. Um, a a, hum, a hum, humble stance from the offender can do wonders. Like it could do wonders. I think it could do wonders um, to how the, the person who is experiencing the trauma or whatever you want to call it, to how they process it. You know, I think that, you know, it's a lot of us walking around with, parental issues or you know expousal issues and it's like if you just heard if you just heard from that person you know what I'm sorry I didn't mean to make you feel that way I didn't know this is what my actions was causing in you I didn't realize that I think it would be like a weight lifted off your shoulders. Like it would be like a breath of fresh air. And I'm not saying once again, that it can't happen without that. I just think that helps, you know? So yeah, like I didn't mean to talk for 20 minutes about my dad, um, uh, and why I didn't record for Father's Day, but I did want to shed light and I, I just feel like it might be a issue or, you know, something that people can relate to. Um, cause you know, we all kind of got our own issues um but yeah on to better things like (laughs) um, on to I'm listen I'm out here fighting for my life I'm fighting for my life I haven't had a car in a week and two days I think I haven't had a car in a week and two days my car's transmission went out y'all like I've been out here taking lifts walking running errands like who am I asking for rides here and there oh my gosh like life has been really really rough for me um but yeah like I just a lot of things have been happening I'm also like I'm I'm I just completed it's Monday right so I just completed my last year ever as a teacher in Irvington, New Jersey. Um I will be working summer for a month in Irvington, but other than that, my time with Irvington has come to a close and um I am I am I'm excited for this change in my life. Um but it has come with a lot of anxiety and you know, just nervousness. Um, like I said, I'm fighting for my life. Um, the last the last week or the last month of school has been very trying for me. Um, but not bad, you know. Not horrible, but just a little trying, you know. Uh, it's also been somewhat of a confirmation that it's time for me to make a change. And change is, like, really hard for me because I'm a very, like, uh... You know, five plus five equals ten kind of girl. I don't I, I don't wanna do two plus eight. <laughs> I don't wanna do six plus four. I wanna do five plus five equals ten. When once I develop a formula that I love, a formula that works, a formula that is predictable, you know, I am good with that. And um, I've been on this train for like a really long time. Um You know, I've worked in Irvington for eight years and three years as an assistant, five years as a teacher, and it was all I knew, like, but and I've wanted to explore other options for a really long time, but I just never did. And then this year was extremely hard for me, um with like the response to COVID and certain things, I just was like, what am I doing, yo? I can't do this. And I know like something that also kept me from like veering off to other places is because I know that everybody educationally is having a rough time, you know, like education realm, no matter where you are Alabama, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut. A lot of people are struggling. You know, I speak to teachers who teach in several other places and it's hard. Um so I was just like, yo, am I leaving one mess to go to another? I'm just not sure. And y'all would not believe um that I applied to one job. One job. Only one. And I hate applying to jobs. I hate switching up. I just hate it. I applied to one job. I I heard back from that job in, like, I think, like, a week or less than. I had an interview with that job, and I was hired on the spot. And now all the paperwork is good. Like, all the paperwork, everything is good. That's why I could speak on it. Um, Or I feel comfortable speaking on it, on the pod. But... I just felt like God was just like girl just can you at least press the button like I'll do the rest just press the button please just press the button so that I can get this show on the road and I'm nervous you know about doing something not doing something no I'm still gonna be a teacher I'm just working in a different district um but I'm just nervous about you know becoming acclimated to a new environment starting all over because I I I don't think I think it doesn't matter how good of a teacher you are sometimes starting in a new district is like year one all over again you got to learn how things run things run in this district you got to learn new curriculum you got to learn how everything works um all over again and You know, sometimes that takes time and sometimes the process of learning these things can make you feel inadequate, um, you know. But I'm happy that I am transitioning with a few years under my belt. So like I'm much more confident as an educator now, Um, you know, I have my uh, my tools mental tools whatever that I could use to be able to be successful and I'm just hoping that I can do right by my new population and you know I'm gonna miss the kids of Irvington a lot I'm gonna miss them so really really (laughs) I'm gonna miss them so much and um but there's a plethora of great teachers that still remain in Irvington and I just couldn't let you know my desire to be this like important force in their lives hold me back from also accomplishing some things that I want to accomplish on a personal level like you know I need I needed to branch out I needed to do something different and I was blessed tremendously because of it like I was blessed so yeah new work things um that are making me nervous but you know, I'm blessed. I'm thankful, um, and I that's what I wrote down. Like this is a really short pod. I I wanted to talk to y'all, like a uh, uh, in addition to my toxic <laughs> to my Father's Day rant. I was gonna talk to y'all about how daddy issues make their way into uh, dating, and my this. Disclaimer is always that I think I've talked about this on the pod before, but I do think that the relationship that I experienced with my dad is so similar to the relationships I have experienced as an adult. And, um, you know, I think that because me and my dad has, have had this rocky thing, And I like it's let me tell y'all something. It's really weird when the person you innately love so much, like you just love them. They're your father, you know? Even your mom. You just you you're you're wired to love them so much, no matter what they do, no matter before you even speak a word. This is your parental figure. You're wired. It is very Difficult when that person lets you down over and over again, but you are wired to love them, you're wired to want to forgive them, you are wired to want to hear them out. Now, I am not sure if other kids or you know, people go through this, adults go through this with their parents. You know, maybe some of you are listening, you like, oh no that person or you know whatever the case may be you like Nah, I don't have that condition where I'm wired like once they've done me wrong I'm off them but I think that somewhere deep down inside we all desire that great relationship with our parents that great wholesome love when we don't have that type of relationship and I think that as a result it has made me a woman who always sees the best in the men that I date even though they are not the best (laughs) even though they are not even though they're not but it's like I always want to see the the human in them. I always want to give it a reason to their behaviors. And I'm not even talking about like extreme behaviors. I'm just talking like day-to-day annoyances. I always want to try and understand these niggas. I I always want to try and understand them. I always give chance after chance after chance after chance. And, you know, we often talk about like the big deal breakers, but there are other deal breakers or red flags or things that you see when you are dating somebody, when you're in a relationship with them, that can also be red flags. They don't have to be egregious. They don't have to be cheating. It doesn't have to be, um uh I don't know, violence. Sometimes it can be those things, but it don't have to be those things. But there can be things that really... I feel like if I was wired in a certain way, they could have made me say, you know what, I'm done. I'm done. And the issue is I'm never done. I'm never done until like my final I guess whenever that's whenever it clicks for me. That's when I get done. But I feel like girl you could have saved yourself a lot of pain, a lot of heartache, a lot of strife if you would have just been done at the first violation because the first violation may not have looked like uh the the grand violation, but it it should have been a clue, right? It should have been a clue that this is probably going to follow that, you know bad is probably going to follow that. There's a reason why this is the prelude. Like this is your foreshadowing (laughs) of nonsense. And I mean, that's just us being humans for real. But I probably link that more so with my dad more than anybody else, because it's like, I love my dad like and my dad has never I don't want I hope I'm not making my my dad also to sound like this horrible person like I'm not trying to say that I'm just trying to say that I'm always down for forgiving my dad like it's cool like I don't you you cursed me out today all right you know we could get that in order but um it has created these um I think toxic traits and how I receive certain people um and how i um just how how I receive and experience certain people and I wish that wasn't the case, you know, I wish that wasn't the case um I guess there could be worser cases, worser there could be worser cases, but yeah, it is what it is um But yeah, that's all I, excuse me, that's all I got today. You know, um, I appreciate y'all for listening. I just wanted to record something and, you know, put it out there. And I am grateful for you guys tuning in for three years. I appreciate it. I don't take it for granted at all. Um, Please tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, any mama, any cousin, any daddy to listen to the This Is 30 podcast. Let them know that, you know, tickets are still available. Just hit, your, hit my line. Hit my line and holla at me. Um, and, yeah, y'all be blessed. Have a good week.